0: One is that you're able to deliver virtual care and get the feedback on how the patient's doing, and then you can also capture the revenue aspect of it too.
1: Hello, welcome to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab You Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare.
2: Well, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions. And if you want to develop an effective, succinct, and unique positioning strategy for your healthcare technology, device, SaaS company, or even healthcare organization, uh, check out the Positioning Alignment Workshop. What we basically help you do is define and answer the question, value to whom, specifically when we're trying to define your value proposition so obviously different stakeholders within the healthcare industry have different perspectives and that determines what they consider valuable and the outcomes they seek or the outcomes they're looking for in a device in a tool or even in a healthcare provider when you narrow down the value to whom question you have a clearer idea of how your tech your device your software or even the services you provide is positioned to solve those problems experienced by that specific stakeholder so again if that's something you're interested in doing uh, or looking into, check out the positioning alignment workshop. You can find that at positioning.rehabupracticesolutions.com. That's positioning.rehab, the letter U, practicesolutions.com. Last thing before we dive into the episode, um, we have just created the website or the webpage for the book, by the same name as the podcast, so Better Outcomes, A Guide to Humanizing Healthcare. Um, You can find it at book.betteroutcomes.show. And basically, it gives you a rundown of the book, kind of the eight commitments that that make up the eight chapters, you know, discover what healthcare should be, even if you think healthcare is broken beyond repair. We've got a few videos up there about some of the main, you know, covering some of the main points in the book, like what is a biopsychosocial approach, the power of relationships in healthcare, and then point you to a few resources. So if you haven't already bought the book, um, either in print or via Audible, you can do that at book.betteroutcomes.show. And if you want a little bit more insight about the book, maybe some links to some articles and stuff like that, some resources, you can find that, again, at book.betteroutcomes.show. All right, this week, we are diving again into the world of digital healthcare, and specifically in the physiotherapy space when it comes to uh, vestibular rehabilitation. So we, uh, my guest this week, uh, Scott Frederick, is the CEO of TheraVista, which is a digital technology company that enables physical therapists to deliver vestibular rehab remotely. So we talk a little bit about kind of the, the pivot from in clinic to virtual, kind of the dichotomy between is it uh, uh, remote only versus in clinic only or taking a hybrid approach and kind of his view on using technology as something to empower clinicians rather than replace them. You know, I hear this. We've talked about it a lot on the show. I feel like in many, uh, many areas, not just in physical therapy, but it just comes up a lot in, in the space where you've got some tech tool or device or platform or software, whatever it is, and many clinicians kind of clam up when they see it and they're like, oh, this is going to take away visits or this is going to reduce our revenue or this is going to replace us as clinicians. And I think Scott had a pretty good answer for that um, in, the, in the discussion. Basically, he said, you know, we should obviously we're not looking to Disrupt or remove the relationship between the clinician and the patient because, again, healthcare is all about relationships. But really, what we want to do is empower clinicians to give them another tool in their arsenal to use in delivering care, whether that be in clinic or remotely, even if it's using a platform, even if it's using something, you know, some other uh, tool or technology. The goal is always to make clinicians more effective. Um, not necessarily replace them. Because again, the value that clinicians bring to the table is on top of the ability to be knowledge translators, um, but is really the clinical judgment, the relationship building, all of that, which is you're not going to get from a platform. So anyways, we, we had a little brief discussion about uh, the move to hybrid care and you know digital healthcare in general, and how the goal is not to replace clinicians, but really to empower them. So Hopefully you enjoy this conversation, again, talking about uh, digital technology, digital health, specifically in regards to uh, vestibular rehabilitation, but some of the concepts obviously are applicable across disciplines and and sectors within healthcare. So without further ado, here is Scott Frederick talking about uh, digital uh, vestibular rehabilitation. Well, hey, Scott, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: I'm doing great, Ravi. How are you?
2: Doing all right. Like you said, it's a Friday, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful day here. And it's there for you as well.
2: Well, it's a little rainy, but you know, can't complain. Um I want to talk with you about vestibular rehab and technology and kind of the convergence between those two. But before we dive too deep into that topic, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what brought you to what you're doing now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um I am a registered nurse, first and foremost, Uh, although I left the bedside in 2007, really delved into healthcare technology at that point, had my master's in health informatics and spent a lot of my time focused on bringing healthcare to the patient, delivery outside the four walls of the hospital and clinic in a combination of uh, in-person and telehealth. Uh, I believe we need to meet the patients where they are but we can't replace the clinicians. They need that hands-on time uh, with them and build those relationships with their patients. So I spent uh, quite a bit of time with a hospital at home company startup. I've done a lot of consulting with uh, startups focused on uh, alternative care delivery, whether that's uh, virtual care. I worked with the food is medicine company, helping them on some of the process associated and workflow optimization. And then I was brought in to help a venture studio in Nashville to take a look at technology around vestibular rehabilitation. They decided to make an investment in a company and asked me to come on board as the CEO.
2: Oh, nice. righty. And what is the name of that company?
0: So our company is Theravista Health. Uh, okay. we are focused on delivering vestibular rehabilitation exercises, uh, that physical therapists will manage and, uh, apply to their patients.
2: Yeah. So, just out of curiosity, what made you want to dive into the vestibular rehab space in particular, or is it just the the opportunity that presented itself? It looked cool, and you do- you dove in.
0: I think it's a combination of all of the above. Okay. I'm always looking for things uh, ways to help deliver better care. And as a nurse, I feel like working in healthcare technology, I'm still having an uh, impact on patients and providers' lives by helping them deliver the care. But it's a little personal for me, too. When I first heard about the company, I thought about my wife's grandmother, who died shortly after her 90th birthday of pneumonia. She was super active, uh, but she had an episode of Meniere's disease and didn't get out of bed for three days. Oh, wow. And unfortunately, yeah. uh, she developed pneumonia. And... Um, uh, unfortunately passed away from that, and I have an 86 year old mom too, and I visited with her in an assisted living facility and she had a 15 page booklet on how to do her best exercises, <laughs> I know she has not touched yeah, I mean, she exactly, probably had the best but... intentions in the world. And I know therapists and facilities like that are super busy. So they do the best they can. And why not give them a tool that not only can patients perform the exercise, but it gives a therapist an opportunity to look into how the patients are actually performing, um, giving them that visibility, hence the name TheraVista view into therapy.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I guess tell us a little bit about the app in particular, because that'll help di- drive some of the conversation. So it's an app. It's on a tablet. How, it, how does it work? And what is like kind of what's the goal of the app? Is it to drive efficiency, increase the continuity in care, improve it, or patient engagement, all of the above? And we'll kind of go from there.
0: It's really all of the above. So okay. we've taken uh, four Uh, traditional exercises or manual exercises uh, that physical therapists could program for a patient, uh, VOR times one, pitch and yaw, we have a weight shifting, and then we also have a balance exercise. And then the therapist can control that through our clinician portal, uh, the different settings, like contrast between the foreground and background, they can also adjust the length of time of exercise, the number of times a day that they perform those and the number of sets that they do. And with this, the patient is given the tablet in the clinic, they go home with it, they perform the exercises according to the program uh, that has been uh, created by the physical therapist. And then the therapist can see their adherence to the program. So they can see, are they doing it? Where are they struggling with it? Where are they giving up? Are they doing it for the right length of time? But not only that, they can gain the insights that they need to apply for remote therapeutic monitoring reimbursement. So it's it's twofold. One is that you're able to deliver virtual care and get the feedback on how the patient's doing, and then you can also capture the revenue aspect of it too.
2: Yeah, from like R T M and and the like. R T M. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay, so that kind of lays it out and the the app itself the like the treatment and the exercises are are gamified correct
0: yeah so that's one of the things that's really fun about this too is that we took the you know the manual exercises were about gaze stabilization which typically it's somebody's holding a finger out in front of them or holding an index card and they're moving their head through the different planes and we've uh, changed it up a little bit and if you think back to we Fit, how you could use yeah. your body and use a motion capture to control a character on the screen. Ours is a little bit different since we're focused on gaze stabilization our algorithms Using the forward-facing camera on a tablet are really focused on the patient's eyes and making sure that they're stable as they move through different planes. So we have Devin the dolphin that you're trying to train her to compete in the Ocean Olympics. And so she goes through a series of exercises such as dodging pillars left and right, going up and down, dodging additional pillars, as well as trying to collect coconuts, coconuts if you are doing the weight shifting. And then finally, you know, the, the dolphin standing on a pedestal. Think about like a uh, trying to bounce a ball on her nose. And she's doing that, making sure she keeps her core stable. And we have visual cues to help them uh, resume or return their body to midline.
2: Yeah. So in all that gamification, the goal there is is patient engagement, right? Versus like yeah. this more, maybe a traditional or like a clinician looking app or clinical looking app, you're trying to get the patient out of like, oh man, these are some exercises that, you know, Rafi's making me yeah. do versus maybe trying to get them to to almost compete with themselves, right?
0: Exactly, it's that incentive and in, in creating accountability with the patients because they wanna uh, improve their score every single time. And it's something really soft. If you think about a Dolphin's very approachable. Um, I have a extensive experience in uh, user uh, research and user experience. So I always keep in mind what is most efficient for the clinician from the portal side, but also from the patient, what's gonna create that stickiness and uh, cause them want to um, do what they're supposed to be doing is you know, there's a reason why we're here, right? We wanna treat cl- uh, patients, we want them to get better. And if we can give the, give the patients the tools to keep them engaged, and motivated to perform the exercises they're going to do better and they're going to get better
2: yeah yeah um so what do you say that we get this a lot and you're kind of square in the in the uh in the crosshairs here because you're running a tech company what do you say to clinicians who are you know you're bringing this tool in this app in and they they're seeing it as either oh man this is going to reduce the number of visits that i'm going to get out of a patient or even worse like the technology is going to replace me and replace my clinical judgment what do you say to clinicians who have those kind of worries about integrating something like this into their treatment program because vestibular rehab is a very you know specialized treatment clinicians are going to get certified in this and they they, they don't want to see their job security vaporized with the uh with the institution of an app or something yeah
0: so we're we're not direct to consumers, so you can't come to us and try to buy it so Keep that, in, that. <laughs> in mind. Yeah, there is that. That's that's exactly right. Uh, but I think that you know we are very purposeful in um, knowing that there is a relationship between the patient and the uh, uh, provider. I'm a firm believer in healthcare is local, and I think yeah. you need to have that resource available. Because look, no matter how great the patient is, no matter how great the provider is, but you still need that interaction and that coaching and motivation and a little tweaking. If a patient's doing their VR exercises and their head is tilted slightly to left or to the right, you need the clinician to help them um, you know, correct those micro movements. And I think that's super important. But at the same time, our app doesn't record audio or video, so you don't have to worry about the privacy of the therapist actually seeing the patient how to perform it. We're using the camera and measuring angles with machine learning algorithm to calculate when they're performing the exercises and how well they're doing that.
2: Yeah, so it's almost looking at the technology as kind of like uh, a clinician enabler or force multiplier rather than something that's gonna usurp or you know put them yeah. out of the picture, right?
0: it's it's totally supplementing what they're doing it's another tool just like you give a patient therapy bands or you give them a squeeze ball to help uh with it but with our tool it's a benefit for the therapist because they get to see the insight and how the patient's actually performing otherwise it's you're relying on the patient to self-attest like yep i did my exercises when you know. 40% of patients drop out therapy within the three, the first three sessions. So then how can you keep them motivated? So they come back and they can see results in between those visits.
2: Yeah. And have y'all used this, uh, use the app with patients yet? Is it rolled out or can people use it? what's the, what's the deal there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it is live. Um, All right. We have it in uh, a few clinics right now. We just started December of last year, so we're super new. But the technology and the research has been going on since 2018. It's been uh, validated and published on. Uh, the other thing that I think is really important to, to understand is that uh, we are working closely with therapists to expand the offerings. We think vestibular platform is great for vestibular balance and it's not just limited to people with diagnoses of vertigo and other vestibular conditions. Yeah. We've seen it used in Parkinson's patients. You know, Any patient that's suffering from balance uh, symptoms can benefit from our platform.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, I mean, that takes here the question of like, when can clinicians expect this to be live? Um, what Tell us a little bit then about some of the I guess some of the outcomes that you've seen, you've been, it's about 10 months, 10, 9, 10 months that it's been live and being used by patients. Like, um, are you noticing maybe higher satisfaction rates or maybe decreased number of visits or, you know, I guess just talk about some of the, some of the results you've seen implementing a, a technology like this in vestibular rehab
0: yeah we're not focused on uh necessarily and our clients aren't necessarily focused on decreasing the number of visits where what we're really focused on are, is the patient engagement aspect are yeah. they performing the exercises like they're supposed to uh, i get so excited when i hear anecdotal stories from our therapists like we have patients who are non-compliant in the clinic when they come in for therapy they're non-compliant in the home but we give them the tablet and they're doing the exercises And you can see their eyes. They're able to focus on the dolphin as opposed to staring at their finger right in front of them or a square on the refrigerator. So those are the types of things that really get us excited is that the patients are excited and wanting to use the platform.
2: Yeah. And that hopefully trickles down to all the other things, the outcomes, everything, everything like that. Yeah. So
0: it's it's building trust, too, uh, with the clinicians and creating that stickiness, too, for that practice, too, that they're getting you know, referrals and it's like, you know, so, you know, such and such clinic was able to help me out with my balance disorders. And then they go back and tell their referring providers, the PCPs, neurologists, et cetera, that these things are really helping them.
2: Yeah, it's interesting how that in and of itself ends up being uh, like a market differentiator, right? Like if patients go back to their referring doctors, they're like, hey, I went and saw so-and-so and now I'm better.
0: <laughs> right, right.
2: that drives more referrals for the business, Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you see a guy playing golf and he just had a knee replacement, wow, you're out here quick. You know yeah. who did that? The same thing too with is, is people thinking about worrying about uh, their balance, especially when you think about aging.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. Tell me a little bit about then, like maybe some of those reporting features on the like on the clinician facing piece of the app. Are they able to log in and see like, okay, Rafi, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he did it and he did it for 30 minutes or 15 minutes. Like, what is the, I guess, what's the reporting features that the clinicians can expect to see on the back end?
0: Yeah. So uh, you're exactly right. They could see when the patients perform the exercises and what is their percent adherence.
2: You know if they had
0: 20 sets uh prescribed and they only did 15 then you'll be able to see that they did 75 percent of those exercises for that and you can export that as well and use that in your uh, practice management system but also too they're able to make adjustments on the fly which is is, okay, is yeah. really fun so like if you see somebody struggling with the the pitch exercise maybe you need to slow it down a little bit for them the degrees per second for that maybe you need to increase the contrast between the foreground and background because they're they're reporting symptoms uh through through the app for that and it's it's almost near real time so the therapist makes the adjustment and instructs the patient to log out the app and log back in because the tablets are cellularly enabled then they're able to have those new settings and proceed on with their therapy
2: yeah well and that's that's in my mind, one of the things that's like super beneficial is the fact that you can, it's like almost hyper individualized, right? The clinician is seeing it in real time. Okay, Rafi's having issues with this, I'm going to change it. Instead of having to wait for, you know, they're coming in once a week or twice a week to waiting a couple days and then the patient's saying, oh, you know, I did this exercise and it didn't work or I had symptoms or whatever. Now you're making adjustments, you know, 24, 48 hours later, instead of right then and there.
0: Absolutely. The, oh, and the opposite of that too, that the patient's like crushing it. It's like, okay, now it's yeah. a little bit more difficult for you to accelerate
2: your um,
0: your outcomes.
2: Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, all right. Anything else that we, we should know, could know, would be interesting to know about uh, about this?
0: <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's great uh, that our partner, CFD Research in Huntsville, uh, Alabama, they do work for NASA, DOD, and healthcare. Okay. They're working on now taking a version of this. They received a, a Department of Defense uh, grant to take this to apply it to the military because a lot oh, of the, awesome. people in the military are suffering from um, vestibular disorders primarily related to blast injuries, uh, yeah. PTSD, concussions, et cetera. And so uh, I'm excited to work with a partner that's not only built out the, the research associated with this, but how can we leverage it to reach more and more people.
2: Yeah, no, and that's a population for sure that historically has been underserved and no one, you know, blast injuries and all of that is very difficult. And yeah. unfortunately we have them. <laughs> so we well, wanna make sure we can help them get get right.
0: Yeah, with, with PTSD and migraines, et cetera, like that, it, it's so hard to um, provide a tool that that they can benefit from. And, and that's our ultimate goal is to help them to either return to service or be symptom free
2: yeah yeah that's awesome well scott thanks so much for being on the show if people want to find out more about you about theravista where can they go and do that connect with you or or, or learn more about the app and, and the platform itself
0: yeah uh reach out to me on linkedin uh scott frederick that's f-r-e-d-e-r-i-c-k and theravista.health is our website and i would love to connect and chat with you and do a demo and show you what we're all about
2: yeah. Awesome. And we'll connect to those or link to those in the show notes. So thanks so much, Scott. Have a good day. you yes,
0: sir. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation all around <clears throat> vestibular rehabilitation in the digital technology space or, or bringing uh, vestibular re- rehabilitation to patients' homes with uh, with technology. I think one of the things that Scott mentioned early on in the interview, which is something that I've I really advocate for and I have been a fan of basically since I was exposed to any kind of virtual health stuff, was the idea of meeting patients where they're at. I mean, obviously I talk about it a lot in the book, Better Outcomes I got to humanizing healthcare from an interpersonal level. Like, um, you know, every patient is on their own unique road to recovery, and it's our job as clinicians. Not to fit them into our framework or our mold of treatment, but to kind of build the treatment plan around them, kind of meet them where they're at on their own unique road to recovery, and thereby help them, you know, achieve the outcomes that they want. In my mind, applying digital health or tele rehabilitation or you know even telemedicine, um, all of that kind of stuff, remote therapeutic monitoring. All of that is really just, in my mind, another way of doing that. It's another tool that we've got in our toolbox, but it's another mode of meeting the patient where they're at. Sometimes, you know, the patient isn't able to make it into, um, into in-person clinics, uh, visits and appointments in, at the frequency that research would suggest. You know, there's a, an article that was published a while back focusing specifically on, I think it was like chronic... Uh, low back pain or neck pain. And there was a correlation between frequency of visits up front within the course of a, a visit of a course of care being tapered down versus, you know, like once a week or something like that. And there was some, uh, an initial improvement in pain and acuity and, uh, an onset of, or, or the severity of symptoms, pain symptoms, with increased frequency. Well, sometimes that's not possible, right? Because of whatever, psychosocial factors, economic factors, you name it, and the ability to deliver the, the right care at the right time. I know one of our guests have said that before, on the show, delivering the right care at the right time is really what digital health enables you to do. And it shouldn't be looked at as one of those either or, but really just, it's another thing we've got to to throw it at a problem. Um, So anyways, and then the other thing that I thought he, that he mentioned that I thought was worth commenting on was the idea around patient engagement, patient education, et cetera. You know, he mentioned that that family member of his had this giant stack of you know, vestibular exercises that he knew that she had never looked at, you know, not even cracked open. And that is not just a problem unique to vestibular rehabilitation. It's basically a problem in healthcare. (laughs) And part of it might be that, I know we've mentioned it on the show again uh, previously, but the idea of like the dichotomy between patient choice and patient empowerment and then clinical expertise. And at what point does the the clinician take away patient autonomy by saying, this is the treatment you, we should choose versus allowing the patient to, um, to make that decision. All of that really hinges on transparency and understanding and education. And because we're pressed for time in healthcare, a lot of times what ends up happening is the, the patient comes in, the clinician says, these are your treatment options. Here's some literature on them. Let me know which one you want. And the patient is not in a position to make that decision they're they're from a they're operating from a a disadvantage from an educational perspective and that's where the clinician really needs to lean in again provide that high value service as a knowledge disseminator a knowledge translator and that doesn't happen with our current you know fee-for-service model specifically here in the health in the united states uh, healthcare system so that's one side note and then the other side note is it might just not be engaging you know like how um Everybody's got it. I'm I'm from the orthopedic musculoskeletal space, so I get this a lot too. You know, early on in my career, you know, and even now sometimes you'll hand patients a uh, a home exercise program on paper, and you know they're not looking at it again. <laughs> it's going on the floorboard of their car. It's going wherever. Um, things like uh, these platforms, these apps that allow the patient to engage with them in a more real and really entertaining way i mean you don't want to say that healthcare is entertaining but it's got to have some kind of hook to make the patient want to participate some of these tools and 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 platforms allow whether through you know gamification or transparency data data visualization allowing the patient to track and see their own progress or even prompting through notifications all of those types of things help ensure that the patient is gonna stick with the exercises because again frequency of of therapy might not matter if the patient isn't doing anything in between visits, right? Um, And you can't bring the patient in three times a day as you would recommend them do the the exercises, right? So um, I think it's worth thinking about like what ways, in what ways are we delivering care that is actually impeding a patient's engagement, whether it be the mode that we're choosing like printed handouts or something like that, or the lack of transparency and education. And what can we do and what tools can we employ that decrease that friction, those barriers to the patients actually becoming engaged in active participants in their own healthcare as opposed to passive recipients. So again, um, just another thing I thought was interesting to, to talk about. So if you enjoyed the show, Um, you don't need to head on over and leave us a rating or review. Just share the episode with somebody that you think might benefit or might find it entertaining. If you've got an idea for a show, uh, a topic suggestion, or even a guest suggestion, um, head on over to betteroutcomes.show. There's a form at the bottom of the page. Uh, shoot us a note and uh, and we'll either we'll do a, a, an episode on that topic if we think it's worthwhile or we'll get that that guest on the show. So again, betteroutcomes.show, scroll to the bottom, uh, fill out the form and uh, and we can start cranking out some some episodes on topics that you think are, are interesting. Um let's see what else. I think that's about it. You can head on over to book.betteroutcomes.show to to learn more about the book, Better Outcomes a Guide to Humanizing Healthcare. Um, I already did the plug for the positioning alignment workshop. So that's that. Until the next time, folks, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then.
1: Thanks for listening to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.